Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Give us a shout-out on Instagram at Gays Revolting Pod, or join our Facebook group at The Gays Are Revolting. <laughs> how are you, boys? <laughs> yeah, good. good. How are you? Nice we are award-nominated. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we fancy. Yeah, in the uh, Australian Podcast Awards, which are coming up in May, I believe, on yeah. Sydney. Oh. Yes, they are. So Watch us snatch the crown. Snatching all the trophies, girl. Coming through. And we have your regular host. He's so single, even his dog tried leaving him. It's oh. Tom. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so mean. <gasps> he now pees like a rusty shower head. It's Mikey. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of dicks, hi, Luke. <laughs> and me, Kylesi. <laughs> That was wasted on you, but it's Game oh, of Thrones yeah, day. Oh, so. Yeah, I don't watch it, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Let's wrap this up. I, would, I need to go watch this episode one, guys. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> it's it? going to be <laughs> really yeah. um, But we are going to be joined by Simon Copland, which is very exciting. Oh. Um, journalist, host of the podcast Queers. Queers yeah. be coming on to have a bit of a chat with us about his polyamorous relationship and how that works and all those Burning questions you've wanted to ask. <laughs> How are your shows going, Tom? Uh, I had lots of ketamine last night and I'm seeing pixies. <laughs> oh, beautiful. But you have such a sexy voice. <laughs> yes. Well, a little update on my pain. <laughs> yeah. How, oh, is, yeah. how is peeing? <laughs> no, it's totally fine now. Like, yeah. it's been two weeks since I've had it pierced and the only time it sort of hurts now is if I wake up in the morning and I have a boner and Ooh. I've been lying on it. Yeah. But otherwise, it's totally fine. Which yeah, is right. <laughs> peeing is still an issue because it kind of gets everywhere, but... But oh. So I wasn't you, wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just sounds like me normally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Painful in the morning if I've been sleeping on it and have a boner. That's just my Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hate giving you a compliment, Luke, but yeah. I have to tell you a funny story. I uh, went out the other night after our show and actually mm. I went to a bar for dinner and drinks with a friend mm. and saw this guy there. And, you know, sometimes someone just catches your eye. Mm. And it's yeah. like, oh, he's a really handsome guy. Went to another bar. He happened to be at that bar later on. I was like, oh, what is the oh. chance of that? Went to this late night artist bar and he's there as well. I was like, okay, yeah, that's a like, sign. Yeah. I never go up and talk to anyone, the but that's a sign. <laughs> he did not seem very interested, but I thought, no, you've got here now. Just keep yeah. talking and hopefully he is interested. And so we're talking, talking. I said, oh, and my name's Thomas. He goes, yeah, I know. I listen to your podcast, but I'm more of a Luke fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
hot dog. It was oh. heartbreaking. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just going to die alone. That's a sad no. thing to say to a person. It's a really <laughs> mean thing to say to a person. <laughs> I've had a bit of a rough week. I had to yeah. take a week off last yeah. week. Yeah. I'm happy to be back. It's nice to have you back. Thank you. I, I, I think we talk about mental health quite a bit mm. on the yeah. show. Mm. And I think it's it's cool to be able to say sometimes you just need to take a break. That's yeah. Nice. yeah. Step back a bit. I don't know what reads you said for me last <laughs> week. Oh, I did have something week. about... Oh, no, we bought you a one-way ticket to Brunei. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good one. I did that thing where I realised I'd been going like 100 miles mm, an hour yeah. that I'd like gone off the tracks about yeah. 100 miles ago mm-hmm. and hadn't noticed. And then suddenly it was like recording day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we missed you, you, but it's nice. Yeah. I just is like the first time in a month you and I have been on the same episode. Oh, God. Because oh Albert went missing yeah. the one before Two ships that. in the night. Yeah. 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 What Ooh. sparks will fly this evening? <laughs> Romance. Stay tuned to yeah, the Love Bachelor. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we should open up with my favorite game, which mm. is WTHWWP. I think mm. I got that right. Okay. Oh, yeah, I love what? that game. Yeah. <laughs> what Please the explain. hell is wrong with white people? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I definitely love that game. Yeah. White people. I don't know if you guys saw, but infamous topic of debate person, mm-hmm. Chris Lilly, who I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of, never have been, has just dropped a new trailer for his show Lunatics, yeah. um, which is getting a lot of press because yeah. it's oh, on the yes, Netflix thing that we yeah. have. The um, Netflix thing. I think I've heard of it. And there were rumours while this show was under production, Chris Lilly yeah. is back, back, back again mm-hmm. in the blackface, mm. which is something mm. Australia seems to really struggle to disown mm. or to outrightly yeah. say please let's stop doing this Mm, mm. but they were just kind of rumors and things swirling around on the internet until this trailer dropped showing a character called yana who's a south african pet psychic and a lesbian Uh, oh a lesbian (laughs) yeah the secret ingredient to comedy Mm. is lesbianism take a pot shot at the lesbians but she has afro curls is tanned, like quite visibly yeah. tanned. It does appear um, that she is, he's presenting as mixed race. Which just really confuses me after mm. the history of playing characters of different races yeah. to his own. He's played a black rapper yeah. named S. Very Mouse. stereotypical. Yeah. He of played. Those races, um, what was the mum of the skateboarder, that, that character? That oh, was the awful. Asian mum. Yeah. An yeah. Asian mother. That was just really. Was awful. that in We Can Be Heroes? That no, was... no, no, no. no. That was... We Can Be Heroes was first. That one was in um, Angry Boys. Angry Boys. Called. Yeah. Oh, I never watched Angry Boys. Yeah. I think yeah. I saw a little bit of We Can Be Heroes and then Summer High Tide. He yeah. played an Asian character with the surname Wong, yeah. which probably shows about how much Ugh. empathy he had towards that mm-hmm. particular yeah. stereotype. He's played a Tongan. Yeah, a Tongan um, boy. Jonah. 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 Mm-hmm. New Zealand just banned that show. Yeah. Right. Did they really ban it? Yeah. yeah. Wow. They just said the no. That it shows, wow. Yeah. It's something Australia seems mm. to keep giving this guy a free pass to. Mm. And every time it pops up, there's this big debate as to whether it's okay because it's a satirical mm. viewpoint. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, I haven't seen the show. I don't think... Well, no one has. No, it's not yeah, released. it's just has. been a trailer that's released that's yeah. got everyone talking. Yeah. And the comment back is, oh, this is actually a bit of a piss take on the Rachel DeLizzo. Well, I was yes. wondering about that, yeah. yeah. What do you, they call it? Transracialism. Yeah, transracialism. So she, yeah, she's actually yeah. that was claiming to have African heritage. Yeah, and then yeah. her yeah. parents are like, no, nah, she's white. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she has all like really She African was a professor. Of, yeah. she is she a, a lesbian? No, she's married. Okay. She wasn't a pet psychic. <laughs> she wasn't a pet psychic? Dad, that's so disappointing. <laughs> I think whatever he's doing is he's trying to prod that yeah. base. Uh, yeah, as a comedian, it's really, really weird to sort of see him just keep 
coming back worse and worse. I'll be honest, like when the first two seasons came, so when Summer Heights High and We Can Be Heroes came out, I was a big fan. Me too. I thought it was fantastic. And I think the nation wasn't as aware of how awful blackface and, you know, yellowface, Mm. whatever they call it, how how hurtful that is. But then, you know, people came forward and said, hey, I'm not cool with this. And I think that that's where he should have stopped doing it. And he should have, you know, Angry Boys was fucking awful. There was no, and that's where it sort of started being like, I'm just trying to piss you off now with these characters. I'm going to make them more exaggerated and more offensive and more. And I think that had he have stopped at that point, it would have been forgivable. Not yeah. saying it's ideal. No. But yeah. I feel like, I mean, look, Magda Zabansky did blackface in the 90s in all the sketch shows, you know, yeah. and no one, I she know. would never do that now. No. And no one thinks of her as an awful person. She's a, she's yeah. a fantastic person. Yeah. But sadly, it's just that people weren't as aware then yeah. as they are now. That's but it. I think the fact that he's still doing it in 2019. Yeah, like is, his comedy was kind of like prime, like when I was in high school. Well, yeah, that was like for me 2007, as well. 2007, like 2008. I think that when was like- When Summer Heights High yeah. came out, it was the be all end all. Everybody yeah. loved mm-hmm. it in high Jermaine. school. It's like very quotable with Jermaine like Mr. G everyone loved it it was absolutely hilarious but then as time has gone on and everyone's realised like hang on a second I see it's not okay well there's also outside of just the racial stereotypes he's Mm. also played homosexual well Mr. G is Mm. like yes I actually I did read an article recently about how that's like just as bad as blackface but I I actually don't have a problem with him doing Mr. G or any of the gay characters I think that's because the queer community doesn't have the same not that we've had an easy time but that that, yeah. that history of black-faced minstrels is um, a, a very offensive one and, a, yeah. and an awful one that has lingered and, and has travelled around the world with colonialism and stuff. Totally. So I actually don't really have a problem with him doing the gay I, stuff. I don't really have a problem with it, but I do see it as a more palatable... Yeah, mm. that's, that's Co- Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's it's easier to be outraged about the blackface kind of mm. stuff. I've quite I've always loved those sketches that, like, Steve Eisard yeah. and stuff did in the 90s of the two gay Some flight attendants. Funny, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. really funny, but then he also did a lot of blackface mm. ones on that show as well, yeah. which obviously have not aged as well. No. Yeah. yeah. Because you've said, in your opinion, he's kind of purposefully prodding the beast. I absolutely pro- think he is now. Provocative. Yeah. To me, I see it as, like, this person might just legitimately be an idiot no <laughs> uh, i think he's a very smart man there was that clip he had to delete off of instagram i think because he posted a rap track yeah which was released a couple of days after an indigenous child was hit and killed by a car and he oh. released a song the, the song was called squashed uh-huh. n-word and he's a white guy in blackface yeah that's singing yeah. that's not gonna bode well yeah i know no. so oh. someone like went and showed a whole lot like american hip-hop artists and that sort of stuff and they're like yeah, what yeah. the fuck is going on like, with this shit because yeah. oh. actions like that make me think this person might just be an this person's making idiot. a huge amount of money because yeah. he, he did summer heights high and we can be heroes at the height of when people yes. were buying dvds so he had millions of millions it's huge in the uk mm. as well so he's selling making millions of dollars yeah. off that stuff that's why he kept yeah. just churning out shit oh, like yeah. uh, angry boys and uh, yeah. what was it? jonah from tonga and yeah he had all, all the spin-off series yeah all the spin-off yeah. series because they were just like shit if we can get an eighth of what we got off one of those yeah. first two seasons mm-hmm. where so i heard summer heights high is very big in the u.s possibly yeah but i think like massive in, in the united yeah. kingdom uh-huh. um, i wish he would just go back and do Pat Mullins. Yeah. That was the best character. Dude, you know, the Pat one that Mullins. was rolling to the... To oh, the and she had the different right. size feet. Yeah, that oh, was funny. That was very yeah. That was a fantastic character. He should have, after all that uh, controversy, I know, did a I whole like, series about... Yeah. 20 series about yeah. Pat Mullins. It's hard. <laughs> I'm so torn because I love Jemmy King. Like, she's so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun. So Do you know quotable, with that then, show? That's yeah. Because there was no... Was there any blackface in, in summer high, private school? Or no. pri- no, private school, school girl was just no. her, like yeah, just the one. The problem with that yeah. was there was no good people in the show. Yeah. Everyone was an yeah. asshole. Yeah, that's true. And there was nothing to like nothing about to, it. Yeah, um, Do you think that just even having this conversation, mm. there's so many idolized people in Australian culture that we've kind of sidestepped mm. a questionable period? 
it's the same thing with Chris Lilly constantly popping mm. up and saying, yeah, but this part's good. Mm. This bit's shit, so just ignore that mm. or it's just don't watch it. But the rest of it's good. Do you think fundamentally we may have a culture of being accommodating or what's yeah, the absolutely. word? Yeah, um, absolutely. Tolerant of racism. Yeah. Uh, it's, the fact that we're even having a, a conversation about whether it's okay to do blackface on a <laughs> national television yeah. show is insane. Like, that is absolutely yeah. insane. But I hope it didn't sound like I was saying, oh, he's still good, except for this bit. I, well, I'm saying he's cancelled. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he should be doing any more. Well, we're not, what, saying, like, that, saying... It, we're not asking the question if it is or is no. it. We know it's not, but we're, yeah. like, we're kind of trying to determine if it is. Yeah. And the difference between this and the Magda Zabransky example uh-huh. is that yeah. in a time where unfortunately people just weren't as yeah, educated uneducated. as they should have been a lot of people are doing that sort of stuff but a lot of those people have now evolved and yeah, of course apologise and, and never do it again like, but he's still trying to do it's it it's like when we've spoken about all those different sort of 90s sitcoms mm. yeah. like where they were like transphobic or homophobic mm. and stuff like they mm. wouldn't come back and be doing those things now no. so like why does Chris Lilly think that it's yeah why acceptable? does he keep doing it yeah. and I you think can we... still be controversial without totally. being yeah. an asshole. yeah like you can do jokes about I mean Ricky Gervais's new show about what's it called Afterlife yeah, yeah that's there is some content in there that is topics that you're just not supposed to do comedy about but he does mm. it really well and he's not an asshole to anybody about it you know yeah. but he also got in trouble for the mentally disabled stuff didn't he yeah didn't he have that show about yeah I thought it was a wonderful show as someone that grew up in a nursing (laughs) home with a disabled uncle living there helping run it I thought it was Mm. a really fantastic show but I'm not a person living with a disability so I'm not going to speak on behalf of that Mm -hmm. but again I see it as a very different thing to blackface like blackface is such a specific yeah absolutely I feel different cultures have evolved with the people like you said Mm. Magda Mm. would never do blackface now but I feel like our culture would have no problem at including those in, say, like a clip show or something that we see, that we just go, oh, yeah, that was part of back in the hey, hey, it's Saturday days where anything went. Whereas I think some other cultures would be like, that just cannot be on TV. There's no full stop. And we need to take that out of the repertoire of like this person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My father sells and collects a lot Mm -hmm. of antiques. So as a kid, we had quite a few of the minstrel artworks uh, around the house because he would sell them off and just sort of get them in and get them out. So my dad, to give him some credit, the homophobic bag Mm. of bones he is Mm. he kind of educated me as to what that was he said this is an old piece of history and this is like actually offensive and you can't get this anymore Mm. because i always used to be like why do you get all this old crap what is Mm. this yeah he'd tell me stuff about wars and but also about that whole period Mm. so then growing up and continually seeing it on television here in australia was kind of confronting and then being in this day and age yeah. with our Twitter and uh, infinite resources of knowledge mm. to see it actually be quite a hotly debated topic. Mm. You know, it's it's not black and white for a lot of people, mm. whether this portrayal is yeah. offensive or not. Yeah. Mm. And whenever it happens, it's, it is a discussion about like that. You'll have people on, on panel shows chatting mm. about whether or not like this black one. faces are red. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're not disagreeing. <laughs> we're living we're all, it. We're all on the one side, yeah. but they're, they're, they will have a con- an actual yeah. debate with people say, going on television saying it's not offensive. And also quite often those people are not 
they they, they are white people, yeah. people of color, yeah. are telling you that something is mm. not offensive to yeah. you. I think it's Maya Rudolph. Did, oh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Maya Rudolph did a caricature of Rachel Delisle. Uh, I think for Saturday okay. Night Live. Right. She's amazing, She's and I so think good. that is the only type of comedian that is able mm. to satirize. Is that even a word? Yeah, mm-hmm. satirize. It is, yeah. is it? <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds like when you burn a wound. What quarterize? I think that should be off limits Mm. for white people, for one. Do you mean satirizing somebody of another color? Yeah, or even, Mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to blur the boundaries here by saying, but actually, she's a white person that, Mm. you know, maybe. Yeah, he's just, yeah. It's it's not, it's not. He knows exactly what he's doing. I think Mm. everybody knows why it's wrong, Mm. and we're trying to intellectualize, unlike me pronouncing that word, (laughs) reasons for it to be okay. Mm. He's sort of trying to trick us into thinking that it's okay for him to be, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's like Inception, but with blackface. Blackface. So I wanted to get a little bit personal with you guys. Oh, is it more personal than showing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we literally saw your Pinot Noir last week. Well, Luke missed out, so we have to get personal. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Whip it out. Bend over. Let's have a look at the hole. Play the triangle. (laughs) Sorry, listeners. I wanted to talk to you guys about personal grooming because I know that Luke has no personal grooming routine. (laughs) This is such an intervention for us to get you to start using deodorant, Luke. We brought shavers and soap. But I just wanted to know what you guys think is like an acceptable level of being groomed say like hygiene wise you mean like, like grooming like, like the personal kind not the George Pell yeah, kind yeah, 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 not, okay. not the George okay. Pell kind <laughs> personal grooming personal like, grooming not children grooming personally like I have like a little routine set up in the morning Ooh, yeah no so like <laughs> <laughs> never Duh. I don't believe you disbelief I'll shave my face mm-hmm. if I need to trim anywhere else I'll trim wherever trim, else trim, I need trim. to mm. and then always like brush my teeth mouthwash vitamins moisturize and yeah. do my hair and that is literally yeah. it a there's lot of- so much more than I do really? really and it shows so much more than I do I look amazing I get IDs to like oh, 32 God. years old but yeah I just get clients at work being like how does this all work yeah. this, I literally do it in 20 minutes do you think this like, just happens just, this I don't do anything you don't do anything do you, do you literally wait okay so okay. you wake up I get up <laughs> you go yeah. to work I shower yeah. I brush my teeth, mm-hmm. I dry my hair, and I go to work. Thank yeah. you for I've never moisturized in my life. Never? Oh my God. My what? Kyle, here on oh, How much longer have we got left on the podcast? <laughs> I feel like Kyle 40, does like... 40 minutes. Yeah, what do you I feel do, like You do Why? the most grooming. Maybe. Okay. I wake up, I shower. Check your Instagram. <laughs> that first. I do that in the shower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take some photos. And then I get out of the shower, towel dry my hair, spray sea salt spray in my hair. Oh, yes. Yeah. Then I that, dry it with it. a hairdryer into the shape I want it. Yeah. And then I put like two other products in it. Oh oh, what other products do you put in it? I have a molding clay and then I hairspray it. And then I use moisturizer. I used to use a lot of Kiehl's. But I'm actually on this really good brand called The Groomed Man. Australian What's brand. What's their Instagram handle? <laughs> <laughs> the Groomed oh, Man company. I'm getting... I'm getting sent some free stuff on Instagram for the first time ever. Do you know? Oh, right. oh God, it's a line of underwear aimed at larger men. Oh, <laughs> How do you feel about I that? know the one you're talking about. Yeah, I know. What's well, nice to be a small? <laughs> oh, gee, that's a lot of work. Yeah. and then I, and then I just make sure my, 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 my beard. Oh, sorry. I just make sure I probably trim my beard like once a week just to make sure it's like trim. Mm-hmm. And then in between, you shave your neck because no one likes a neck beard. Everyone no. listening, yeah, no one likes a neck, neck beard. beard. If you think you can grow facial hair, shave your neck, make it look like something at least. Didn't you piss? off someone last week I did I'm, I'm 
pissing off. It's why it's my shtick now. I piss the people off. Yeah. What about of an evening? Do you have to do anything in the evening before you go to bed? Just shower and moisturize face before I go to so bed. So it was showering in the morning and the night. No, normally just morning. Or before I, I go don't like anyway. people that shower at night and then don't shower in the morning. Oh yeah, no, I have to like, get ready from yeah. scratch. Like I can't get ready from disheveled. People that, yeah, some people just have a shower at night. Shower yeah. at night and then yeah. No, no that's no. gross. Yeah. I don't shower at night, but I always shower in the morning. Yeah. I even put always, um sometimes always, always. I put um beard oil in. It's called morning wood scent. Oh <laughs> love yeah. that morning Speaking of morning scent, does Duncan do as much work as you do? He likes to be clean shaven and also he gets his body lasered so he's smooth like right. a dolphin. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, like um, mostly no like right. his his like um, his torso and then everything yeah. else is just nicely trimmed mm-hmm. for nice. our listeners <laughs> just so I can fulfill the uh, yeah yeah the fantasy head. yeah mm, I'll show nice. you pictures later Luke my grooming is pretty similar to my mental health oh. in that I just Fuck. let it go and do <laughs> until do it's thing. too until you late. have to see an expert <laughs> yeah. yeah and then I do all it's the work a lot of money yeah. let it go if I ever look good it's a happy accident. My hair's too thick to do anything I love your hair. I wish I had your hair. So I just let it do what it wants to do. My facial hair only grows into this pattern, so I rarely have (laughs) it. It doesn't grow. Just the moustache. All the hair that I have is visible to you right now, now, (laughs) basically. Please pull your pants up. Everywhere everywhere else is like 13-year-old boy, basically. Yeah, I don't like the smell of deodorant, so I have this candle that I like the smell of that I just rub on. rub a candle on you? Isn't it like Matthew? Are you serious? Yeah. It's oh my god! Matthew McConaughey doesn't wear deodorant because it's like hides his man scent. What? Oh, I don't want to smell no. Matthew McConaughey. Some people like he crystals. looks like it's smelled. Dirty. I don't want to smell your it's nasty. No, <laughs> you guys yeah. ever hear? It's real crazy, but some people get a crystal and they rub yes, that. I but heard this. And what? Then crystal. But it takes like three weeks for the crystal oh, to like activate, <laughs> and so you have to keep doing it. So and you just like smell on a full moon. Yeah. But then it becomes your crystal. But it's already your crystal. Mine because I bought it. <laughs> like you own it already. What do you mean? It will activate. It's like an almond. It becomes activated. Okay. Oh, this is bullshit. Sure. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> maybe I wasn't listening. <laughs> I don't think you were. <laughs> <laughs> the only like extreme grooming thing I've done yeah. is... It was actually twice, actually. I mm-hmm. booked in to get a professional wax. Oh. oh. my professional wax. Backdoor jungle. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said there was no hair. Oh, there's no hair now. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, that's probably the third place that I grow hair. Oh, okay. Would you call it your backdoor jungle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lovely oh, term. It's really Very sad. visual. Really lovely. Thank and you. Sure. That was probably the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life. Wow. Yeah. Do you make polite conversation while it's happening i'm and living this one with you right now so one. paint the paint the paint the image for us well you go into a room this lovely lady said basically strip naked from the waist down wow. and put this like modesty towel over you <laughs> lay on your back and yeah. she'll come in and they play the music and they Jeez. light the candle then they come in and like they, it's a relaxing experience yeah, <laughs> they come in about 10 minutes later and just oh. take the towel off you. Uh, I think you say they come in 10 minutes later with a friend and they just both giggle. And <laughs> that happened too. Oh boy. But it made me realize the towel was for them, not yeah. for yeah. Oh, right. What, yeah. like bird box they tied over their face? Yes. <laughs> and then you lay the spread eagle. Oh yeah. no. So you're still on your back? On your back. back. Or... On your back. Okay. And they're in between your legs oh, and they just like wax you up. Like a fucking turkey. And then they just basically go to town and they do lie. <laughs> go to go town. To town. <laughs> go to the town. Or a jungle, <laughs> and Oof. it's quite painful. But the weirdest part was afterwards, she moisturized. Oh, yeah, did she finger bang you? Well, <laughs> she 
she <laughs> so she applied the moisturizer and she was like, "Are you happy with the job?" And yeah. I said, "Yeah, I am." And she's like, "How can you tell? You haven't touched it." Yeah, you're like, and I said, "I'm fine. I think you got it." Yeah. <laughs> what your and prostate? She's like, "No, no, no. You have to touch it." All the while, she's like <gasps> circling around, oh circling God. the drain oh with God. the moisturizer, and being, "You have to feel this." And then she she's literally just like, nuts. The that she done. <laughs> she grabbed my hand and then put it oh. in between oh. my legs oh. and rubbed it around my. Oh hole my God! Said, this is nice, yeah. This oh is like <laughs> you're like this is normally my Saturday, but and I said wow. this is a completely different context oh, to how I'm yeah. used to people yeah. touching that area of my body. Oh my God! So I'm going to go <laughs> now because yeah. I'm very confused. Would you ever do the laser? Yeah stuff i don't i i think i would but my friend got laser done on her um pubic area Ooh. and they missed a spot and so <laughs> she it's <laughs> like a rat tail yeah no it was like a little I tuft that that missed and so she circled it with a sharpie oh my god and she went back in and said you missed this laser over it and they lasered over the Sharpie and it burnt the ink <gasps> no. into her skin. So she's got a and tattoo then of- she had like a henna circle tattoo above her vagina oh, for no. like a month and a half oh, no. or something. Oh, anyway. Wow. Okay, well, I won't be drawing Cheap tattoo. Yeah. I used to really badly want to get laser too, hair removal yeah. because being half Italian, I have the hairy gene and yeah. I have like quite a hairy chest, like in a T kind of section. Yeah, thing. yeah. Um, you shave and it. I, I clipper it. I keep it under control, but like I don't fully get rid of it really ever. <laughs> Yeah, I but, like, it's kind of coming to fashion now. People are into it. So. Yeah, yeah. I clip in my my junk, my yeah. junk. But I got a little bit yeah. of hair in my back, just at the very top of my back. It's oh, like yeah. a yeah. triangle, and That's I hate right. it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I made you shave yeah, it once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey came around for pre drinks, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, can you the just real shave reason. my back yeah. before we go out?" It's so like we are close. Yeah, I would just have to get that done, so I just don't have to worry about yeah, totally. it. Yeah, that annoying little fluff at the bottom of my neck. That sound. I'd love to get like no. Apparently, just feels like a rubber band kind of thing. That's what I've heard. So it's the same as like laser tattoo removal, like. What did you get removed? On my wrist, I've got like some oh, crap right, tattoo yeah. that I got when oh, I was. Was a it a boy's name? No, it was my last name, but the person that did it stuffed it up. Oh no! But I've always wanted to get laser on my neck yeah. because I hate my neck hair. Mm. Yeah. And when I was younger, I wanted to get it like all over my entire body because I'm the hairiest guy oh. out of my brothers. Like yeah. I've got two brothers, and they are smooth as goddamn. Must babies. be nice. I was going to say your brother is like a yeah. We've seen yeah, every yeah, aspect I, of your brother. Oh, He's God. all over Instagram. I hid his story from my view. Yeah. Too- he loves a speedo shot. Yeah. Loves a box shot. Um, um, and I'm not complaining. I really, really love a hairy chest on yeah. a guy. Like, I love it so much. And, like, I like a hairy butt cheek, but no. not a hairy butthole. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I've got very hairy butt cheeks, but, like, my butthole, I always, always shave. Sure Just because, like, not only is it more hygienic, but I feel like when I wipe and there's, like, a lot it's of hair easy. there, yeah. it's just inconvenient. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it just makes life so much easier. I feel like the rule is... like. You have to have it in a way that is comfortable for a face to be near. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing is, I, I'm not fussed with, like, I like hairy guys and I like yeah. smooth yeah. guys. I like old guys. I like young guys. Do you guys, feel like your like your tastes have evolved? Like, tall like guys. <laughs> you like guys, yeah. Yeah, definitely it has evolved. Yeah, yeah, I think. But also, I've, I just, I'm not that fussed with if guys are hairy or not. Yeah, but yeah. you're right with the butthole thing. If you can have yeah. a hairy butthole, but I'm not going to rim you. No. Something that attracts me to other people is seeing them be themselves. Yeah. That I think someone with their natural amount of body hair, be it a lot or none, mm. is attractive to me. But when I can see someone has like gone to painstaking efforts mm-hmm. to sort of modify their genetic, you know, outside of people that do that because of their identity, mm-hmm. it just 
creates a disconnect for me sexually. Okay, mm. that's interesting. Um, mm. But if I just see someone running loose with a hairy butthole, yeah. you know, I'm like, that's great. That That's mm. sexy to me because they're just being them. Like, if someone's happy with themselves being groomed, like, are you not attracted to them then? Oh, no, not real. but... People that obsess, yeah, oh yeah, over it, yeah, yeah. or it's you it's, do get those guys like, with like stenciled on eyebrows yeah, and beards, oh and it looks God. too manicured. Yeah. yeah, when it becomes something that is actively detrimental to their yeah, sense okay. of self, when it's interfering, yeah. you know, you ever yeah. been with those mm-hmm. type of people mm-hmm. where it's the they feel world. like absolute shit if yeah. they haven't got this morning mm-hmm. yeah. wood spray two I'm not types of product <laughs> routine thing, yeah. you know, uh, that mm-hmm. I go, this is actually... It's cool, he's just reading me, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> Interfering with you just being yourself, yeah. Yeah. and that's like a massive turn-off mm-hmm. to me. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, so tonight we have a special guest, Simon Copland, freelance writer on the topics of gender, sexuality, and politics. Uh, he has a, his own podcast called Queers, and he's also a new addition to the Lip Media family. Thanks for joining us, Simon. Well, thank you for having How me. Are you? Hi. Yeah. I'm good. I'm I'm a little bit tired. As I said, I've just I've flown in from Brisbane, where I've been Bruzy. doing some. Well, I had some family stuff, and also went to a box party. And oh, lovely! I've literally just arrived, raced to my hotel, and then raced here. So. Oh, bless you! Ah. Actually, good coming straight in after yes, fly. Yes. Oh, well, thank you for being here. What happened here. at the box party? You can say sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Butt stuff. No, no, straight, straight. No, oh. sex stuff. no sex stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> so you've been hosting the podcast Queers for over four years now uh, with the wonderful Benjamin Riley. Tell us a bit about the show. Yes, the show actually started when Ben was looking for podcasts about queer politics. Mm. And and so we just started chatting about that and decided, what you know, why not give it a go? Let's see what we can make. And so the podcast is a fortnightly discussion of queer politics and culture in a broad sense. What we tend to do is we pick a topic for the week. So, for example, this last week we, we were talking about body image in queer communities and we focus on that for, for a good half an hour or 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we try to dive into depth into these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it can be a bit, bit esoteric. Sometimes it can be news of the de- news of the week it depends mm-hmm. on what we're what we're interested in at the time um come up with complex questions and 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 not come away with answers either like to yeah. understand that some of these things you don't have answers and that there's different debates it's and more about unraveling totally yeah unraveling the topic yeah. exactly and thinking about the different issues that underpin all of these things and sometimes we'll have an episode and we'll come out with 10 more questions and then and then that will create new fodder for new yeah. for new episodes yeah. which is really great um, and we also mix that in more recently with interviews as well uh so we've interviewed nicholas uh senator oh, Janus, janet yeah. rice uh brenda mcclain recently mm-hmm. it's really nice to bring in those different perspectives and and to to bring in some different voices onto the show fantastic 
So you talk in some of your writing about, you've called it coming out twice, once as gay and then again as polyamorous. Is that a different experience compared to each other? Are the reactions totally different? Yeah, it is different, uh, but it's also the same in in some ways, which is why I used that analogy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely not, you do your coming out as gay, most people do it, I I did it when I was 15 or 16, it's Mm -hmm. a a very formative thing. I think the reason why I use that analogy in my writing is that there was the same sort of feelings of, of fear of rejection in particular around this. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I wanted to tackle in the in the pieces that I've written about it, that we have this sort of perception of people who are in polyamorous relationships. So I sort of have been in a polyamorous relationship for five years now, mm-hmm. I've um, been dating two guys at the same time yeah. uh, for yeah. five years. But those sort of feelings of nervousness, that feelings of people not understanding, the obsessive questions you get all the time, the assumptions that yeah. you're doing something wrong, all that kind of stuff was very similar to me then as it was when I sort of came out as gay, which, yeah. was, which I did 10 years before that. Mm. What I didn't expect and what I did get was also rejection from people who you'd expect to be oh, sort of progressive in these yeah. areas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and particularly people in the gay community, which is what really upset me the most, is the people who have dealt with this sort of prejudice when it comes to their homosexuality, yeah. then sort of putting that onto somebody else because of a different relationship mm-hmm. form. And that was often what hit me the most when that when those sorts of things happened. We had, you know, when I was talking about my relationships and people saying, you know, you have to stop talking about this because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to make us all look like we're yeah. promiscuous or gay people online talking about how polyamorous people shouldn't have kids because it's really dangerous, as if that argument has not been used against gay people for the last, you know, forever. Mm. And so to see people who, oh, suddenly now we have our rights, so we're going to start turning on other people Mm -hmm. who are in more obscure relationship forms than us, Mm. I think was really disappointing. And so... In some ways, the community can be a bit more conservative than we think it is, in, even for people who are in monogamous relationships but are actually have you know, say they're in monogamous relationships but are actually open, but then sort of feel really uncomfortable yeah. when people talk about it publicly because they maybe feel a bit of shame in their own, you know, their own open relationship. So they mm-hmm. end up turning that on other people who are, who are more comfortable with it or yeah. they feel this need to, to get particular rights and feel like if someone's talking about openly about other sorts of relationship forms that it might challenge that. Mm. Uh, and so that can actually lead to some pretty awful stuff that happens within the community quite a lot. Mm. Um, and polyamorous relationships come in all different shapes and sizes. My experience is only ever really seeing them on TV. So you're the first person I've met. How, how would you describe a polyamorous relationship and how did yours come about? Uh, I've been dating James for just over 13 years now. Okay, wow. uh, we met like just after I turned 18 huh. and a very, very drunken bar crawl. Uh, <laughs> and he wasn't really keen on having a monogamous relationship. He mm-hmm. wanted to have an open relationship. We started off with that from mm-hmm. the very start. You know, we were very happy on that path for about uh, seven or eight years. You know, we, we did that very well. But as we sort of progressed in our relationship, we sort of came into contact with other forms mm-hmm. of relationships. We started to realize that for us, the feelings that, you know, we could have sex with other people and it wouldn't risk our relationship. And it didn't mean that we didn't love each other any less. We realized that that can also transform into having emotions or feelings uh-huh. for other people. We went on a trip to Scotland. James plays roller derby. Uh, oh, cool. Is, uh, like Whip It. <laughs> yeah, like Whip It, but, you know, yeah. they hate Whip It because it's not the same rule set. Oh, right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Not like <laughs> no, no, I love, not like no I, love, I love the movie Whip It, so don't, you don't have to apologize to me. Uh, but I, I think thought we were talking about the dogs. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Whip It, they're cute too. Yeah. But I'm talking about Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Against the dogs. No, the Drew Barrymore movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, at the time there was like a community on Tumblr of people who were into roller derby, and James had known someone in Scotland mm-hmm. called Martin, who they had met via 
talking about roller derby and we were going to Scotland. So we were like, let's just, let's meet up with him. And we met up and Martin and I hit it off really quickly. Uh, and we started messaging each other mm-hmm. a lot and quickly realized for me that there was something there between mm-hmm. us. James also realized that James could see that happening. Very so clearly. when you were messaging, it was all very like open. So it was like open from the start. Mm-hmm. James okay. knew it was happening. It was very all out on the table, yeah. Yeah, it was all it was all there. And came back to Australia and kept messaging, started Skyping each other and, you know, we're really hitting it off. And about a month or two months after that we decided, you know, let's give this a go. Before we'd even decided to do this officially, James was calling him my Scottish boyfriend. Like yeah, he right. was oh, like okay. And James is great in that he has not a jealous bone in his body. Uh, he mm-hmm. has none of those sorts of insecurities. Uh, mm-hmm. so he dealt with it really, really well. Yeah. That was in two thousand and fourteen and we started dating in April. Might and I are coming up on our fifth oh. anniversary now. Holy um, 2015, I went to Scotland for nine months and and lived with Martin. We sort yeah. of got to be in a you know be in a relationship one on one, and then Martin has now moved to Australia, uh, and we all live together. Wow! You talked about the rejection that you get from like the mainstream media, but also from the queer community as well. Yeah. I kind of feel like a lot of the time that is people that just don't understand because it doesn't fit into their life. So can you explain for us, like, how, how does it work? Do you have certain rules and, and that sort of thing? Obviously, you're all living together. That's obviously quite an intimidating thought for a lot of people that are not familiar with the, the concept. Yeah, so I think within, like, not just polyamorous relationships, but sometimes sort of non-monogamous relationships. And I think that, for me, a polyamorous relationship involves, you know, the dating or being mm-hmm. boyfriends with more than one people or more yeah. than one person or at least being open to it or sort of engaging in that process. Mm-hmm. That's sort of different to an open relationship which we had before, which was more about sex. You know, you have your sort of partner and then you, you know, might have sex with someone outside, but there's no emotional emotions or no dates or things that might be part of that. So for us, they're very loose, and particularly around how we deal with other relationships. So, for example, we have agreements that we were entirely open and honest if we have sex or sort of are pursuing another relationship with somebody else or go on dates with somebody else. We haven't got any of this written down, but we'll sort of agree to those sorts of things and then we might address it later on if there's, you know, changes in the circumstances. So, for example, when James and I moved from that sort of open relationship to being more polyamorous relationship, we had discussed previously the fact that this could be something that could happen and so we'd sort of open the door to that potential. Mm. Then we also just have our household arrangements and they, I guess, in some ways are similar to other household arrangements Mm -hmm. except that... I sleep in two different beds. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. so you just alternate. Um, just alternate. Yeah. And okay. that sort of, you know, initially we discussed the potential of, oh, should we have a schedule for that or whatever? Uh-huh. We decided against that. We thought that was a bit, bit, rigid. Too, yeah, bit yeah. too rigid. No one gets hurt feelings. If someone is really feeling like, you know, some cuddles for that night, they'll just say yeah. so, you know? Yeah. And, Do you ever uh, just, like, everyone... No, so they're no, so the okay. so they're not into each other, okay. and that's the oh, other right. thing. So yeah. they they're good friends, and they have mm-hmm. developed a really strong friendship since Martin has moved to Australia. But they are not into each other sexually or romantically. Okay. Okay. The question that I get all the time is, "Do you have threesomes?" Yeah. No, we don't, because they're okay. not interested in each other sexually. Mm-hmm. Now that might be different for other people in these mm-hmm. sorts of circumstances. So different people in these sorts of circumstances have yeah. different arrangements, yeah. and so some people I know will certainly have threesomes. This would be called like a V shape. So you might have okay. one person, and then oh, they're dating true. two people, yeah. and that's different to like a triangle for example right, where everybody's setting each other um, and so okay, different yeah. people have different arrangements depending on you know who likes each other you yeah. know there's a sort of an assumption that because I'm dating both James and Martin that they have to be dating each other and that's yeah. weird they're not No, they're good friends and that's yeah. how it works I'm a visual thinker cool. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, v, <laughs> the, v, the V helped a lot. Yeah, the V, the V, the triangle. There's, you know, yeah. then you can have like, you know, a W or whatever. It depends okay. on what it is, but you know, the, yeah. a V and a triangle are probably the most common things. But uh, I think that helps too. Like, I yeah, think that's what freaks people out to an extent mm. is that a lot of the polyamorous couples that I know or the mm. open relationships that I know 
all have their own arrangements between the individuals. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really hard for someone on the outside to just categorize it as I know how this works. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And so I'm really open when people ask me questions. Like some people yeah. say, oh, you know, sorry, is it okay for me to ask this question? I'm like, of course it's okay. Like yeah. it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I think what's interesting is that we have an assumption that all monogamous relationships work the same. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's that there's, there's some sort of set rule set that nobody actually knows what that rule set is, mm. but Dr. that they Phil. all just work the same. Yeah. And that's not true either. Yeah. Monogamous relationships work really differently and people have different definitions of what monogamy means. Yeah. Actually, when I write about this, I often get friends who message me mm. privately to say, yeah, I have an open relationship with my partner where you have, they're not comfortable at all talking about it publicly and they're not comfortable at all talking about it with their friends. They have this arrangement that exists. Um, there's uh, lots of things that are behind closed doors that mm. happen. And I think one of the things that's really important for me is I'm not the kind of person who's like, everybody should be polyamorous. That's the best way. Yeah. Some people are like that. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you know we're born polyamorous. Where, where it's not natural to be monogamous, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's true. But I think what we should be doing and what we can take from polyamorous relationships is the discussions that happen about relationships. One thing about being polyamorous is that it forces conversations that you often are uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. um, but that you have to have because you have to be able to have those conversations to make the relationship work. I actually think a lot of those conversations would be super helpful in monogamous relationships yeah. too. Yeah. What does it mean when I'm sexually attracted to somebody else, for example? Like, mm. just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean sexual attraction suddenly disappears. Yes, yeah. You know, that you're like, yeah. now I can just shut it off, you yeah. know? So having those conversations, which often I don't think actually happen in monogamous relationships, could be mm. super useful. Mm-hmm. And that's something we can maybe take from polyamorous relationships for people yeah. um, who don't want to try it. But yeah. I think the conversations are important. And cue cards. I think the V cards in the square. (laughs) You mentioned that people like are often quite curious and ask you questions. Have you had anyone question the concept to love two people romantically in a relationship? Is that something? So I had told uh, my family and my friends initially, and then mm. I wrote an article about it for The Guardian, which was my way of telling me all, all of my acquaintances so I didn't have to have that conversation oh, with yeah. every single one of them. That's a good trick. Printed um, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. It was a great way to do that. But I was pretty lucky in that I didn't have anybody reject me or anything like that. I had That's lots great. of questions. Certainly online, you do notice a lot of people saying that, you know, exactly what you're saying, that, you know, yeah. oh, you, this can't happen. You can only love one person. If you're doing this, then you're not making a commitment or, and, and this is actually something that it often gets targeted at gay people in general. The yeah. promiscuous gays, they mm-hmm. you know, they just can't settle down and make a commitment and you can't love more than one person. You know, it shows how unstable they are. There must be something wrong with them. I mean my response to that is like, you know, imagine you had you have a kid hmm. and then you have a second kid who suddenly we, we are we saying you can't love that second kid you've already got one kid True. you know yeah, yeah. or you've got friends there's four of you guys mm. do you only like one of them yeah. one of the other person I like yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah but that might not, I don't think that's because of your lack of capacity to love <laughs> no, like yeah. um, <laughs> you know that that might be related to the personalities in the room <laughs> you know you know we have lots of friends in our lives and we don't go oh I've got this friend and so I can't have you know yeah, like the other friend it. as much yeah. why do we you decide that when it comes to romantic relationships that we don't apply those same rules. Mm. I like the idea of there being more love in the world rather than less. And so the concept of restricting the ability of love I can give is something that I'm not a particular fan of. There are some like practical constraints in terms of the amount of time mm. I have in my life. But beyond that, I think the idea that I can't emotionally connect with more than one person seems a bit yeah. very weird to me. Totally. Do you think there's a lot of extra work that goes into a polyamorous relationship as opposed to a monogamous relationship? And like, what kind of work? If so, like, would you say it's a lot harder? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I've never, in terms of being a monogamous relationship, I've never actually been in one. Oh, yeah, um, true. Because I've been in an open relationship <laughs> with James... 
relationships from the start. Yeah. So, in, in ter- you know, but there is a difference between our sort of open relationship mm-hmm. to, to the polyamorous relationship. I mean, yeah. you do have now two personalities you're dealing with, yeah. you're, you're, you're dealing with. So, it's of course, lot. that brings extra challenges, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. you know, while I'm dealing with the sort of the negotiation of time, for example, mm-hmm. is one thing, you know, making sure that I spend, you know, try and speak, spend equal time with my partners. For monogamous relationships, you'd have different sort of challenges. And that that often depends mm-hmm. on the personalities and it depends on the, the people involved in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that also those things are worth it. You know, I have two great guys in my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty happy with that. That's great. Yeah. So, are you still open on top of being polyamorous, and like, and if so, how does that sort of situation work? Yeah, we we yeah. are, and I, and as it's very similar in the sense that uh, you know we can have sex with people yeah. um, openly as long as we're honest with each other. You know, as long as I'm telling James or I'm telling Martin, or I tell yeah. them both in my circumstance, but they would also to tell me if they would have sex with somebody okay. else. Mm. We all have grinder profiles, we all have scruff profiles. You know, it's for some people that's not the case. That's not like a polyamorous rule. Like yeah. there are plenty of people who are in polyamorous relationships. They might be you know in a triangle you know everyone's dating each other and they don't have sex outside that and that's great for them so it's an open-ended v i'm just trying to visualize you know and so there's nothing stopping us there's nothing stopping us and this has happened in the past where both James and martin have gone on dates with other people there's nothing stopping that v from becoming a different shape you know that that could be you know so there is you know like pokemon yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're not catching them (laughs) (laughs) maybe we are (laughs) putting them in our basement (laughs) (laughs) pokemon got dark (laughs) you know so that you know you know we're all open to dating other people and you know if someone else you know special comes into one of our lives Mm. that is we're all open to that as well that hasn't happened but it's not because we've not been open to it yeah Yeah. now you did say that james doesn't have a jealous bone Mm. in his body as a very neurotic insecure person i can't see that situation without jealousy arriving Mm. (laughs) arising in some form do you have any methods for dealing with jealousy have you felt any jealousy arise and how did you navigate that as an open-ended v yeah, so, I mean, absolutely. James is sort of a bit unique in that way, in many ways, and he's, he acknowledges that as well. But for me, I think jealousy in many ways is, is an emotion just like every other emotion mm. that we have. And in all relationships, we have different emotions related to how our partner acts or how, what our partner says or what our partner does. Uh, and there, we just have to figure out how to deal with those emotions. And so I think that jealousy often comes from places of insecurity and, and feelings of insecurity. And so feelings of jealousy in some ways are a great way to deal with those insecurities. Like if you're, mm. if you're noticing the jealousy, and this is something that I have dealt with when I'm noticing jealousy myself, is like, okay, where are my insecurities? What am I insecure about mm. that, is dealing, that is creating this? Just pull it apart. Yeah, yeah, and be able to use that as an opportunity to pull that apart. Now, that doesn't make it necessarily easier at the time, but you can, you know, we have strategies for how to deal with that. So, you know, if someone is, if one of my partners are on a date, then it can mean uh, mm. often doing other things while they're on that date so that they can, so you can keep your, mm. yourself occupied rather than sitting at home stewing about what's going on. Those sorts of things. I know a lot of people in these sorts of relationships will have steps in when they're dealing. So they might have a, a, a couple and, you know, one person wants to start dating somebody else. So they'll they'll take it in steps. So it won't go from like here to 100 straight away yeah. with that other person. They might start, okay, well, can I go out for dinner with that person? Yeah. You know, can we work up to things where we're more comfortable? I'll go out for dinner with that person then I'll come back to you and yeah. make you feel secure. And yeah. the next time I might, you know, mm-hmm. have sex with that person. Then the next mm-hmm. time after that, I might stay the night. And the other thing I always think about when people ask about jealousy in polyamorous relationships is that when it comes to monogamous relationships, jealousy exists as well. Oh, yeah. Really, oh, really I strongly. I get jealous of characters in Stardew Valley. Yeah. yeah. They're not even real. Yeah, yeah. I was jealous I was... of a dog once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's an assumption that we have to stop 
jealousy from happening. Like yeah. it's this worst feeling that we could ever have in our lives and we have to make sure we yeah. never feel jealous and that's why we'll have a monogamous relationship and we'll cling to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, the better strategy is to acknowledge that jealousy happens. It's an emotion like all other emotions that we have and find strategies to deal with it. And, you know, we all have our different strategies for how to deal with that. So it sounds like you talk openly a lot with your partners. Have you had that conversation with both of them about like someone wanting to exit the polyamorous relationship? And like, if so, how do you sort of set up a conversation like that to sort of just be chill about the whole situation? (laughs) (laughs) And like, is that something that you've ever thought about? Yeah, that's a tough question. The way you that's that question framed, I don't think we've had a sit down conversation okay, about yeah, that like right. that. And that's an interesting one because I think that it probably maybe makes sense to have those conversations at yeah, some point yeah, in time. Yeah. And we don't ever, you know, in our society talk about ending relationships as the, as a thing that we can do. Yeah. Mm. We've had stresses in our relationships that, you know, at times have potentially led down that path, but never okay. have, thankfully. And so there's been those sorts of things, but I, you know, I haven't ever sat down and thought about, you know, we haven't ever sat down and thought mm-hmm. about that kind of mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. More like, I guess, theoretically, one of the interesting things I think about ending of relationships is how there's a thought of an end of a relationship as being the most disastrous thing possible, mm-hmm. signaling a failure in the yeah. relationship. And I think that there's some sort of uh, switch I'd like to have in conversations about relationships where there can be a thought that actually maybe the end of a relationship just means that the relationship has run its course and that's that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's tricky things with that. Like there's emotions tied up with it. There's logistics tied up with it. And I know some people who were really great at that, you know, said, oh, I've had these relationships and they were excellent. And then mm. now I'm not in that relationship. Mm, yeah. um, so we have marriage equality now in Australia. How does that impact your relationship? And what rights do um, like people in polyamorous relationships fight for? Yeah, this is a really good question. I mean, in many ways, marriage equality doesn't impact my relationship at all because yeah. it doesn't cover my relationship yeah. at all. Yeah. And But at the same time, I'm not that fussed on marriage mm-hmm. in many particular ways. And I think that the reason I'm not fussed on marriage is because I think it does create sort of a set contract that doesn't like actually fit yeah. Yeah. doesn't actually fit most a lot of relationships. And it's not just polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. It actually doesn't fit necessarily uh, monogamous relationships. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might want to have different arrangements that are out there. Uh, one of the things about marriage is that it does that. It sort of makes us think that there is a mold that is the mm-hmm. proper relationship. That's the relationship we have to have. You know, if you don't have that, then your relationship mm-hmm. is somehow lesser. Yeah. And so the way I think about legal rights is a way of thinking about how we can change legal structures that can allow for a multitude of different relationship forms. Mm-hmm. And not even just romantic relationships, but sometimes friendship relationships that might mm-hmm. involve financial arrangements, for example, or mm-hmm. those sorts of things. You know, the capacity to engage legally with those sorts of questions I think could be really interesting Uh, and it means that you know I could set up a situation where I could have tax arrangements with both my partners but it doesn't have to be marriage and we can do that on a case-by-case basis you know I think a lot of people when they come to the situation of getting divorced don't realize how complicated it is and sometimes even don't realize what they've signed up for Mm. you know they don't realize all of the legal parts that that are part Mm. of it and increasing our understanding of the legal mechanisms behind our relationships is probably a good thing. And so having a conversation about how we can change those so that we are more actively engaged in that process is, I think, also a good thing. For same-sex marriage, it was quite easy to change that legislation and to fit same-sex marriage into, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a big cultural battle and a big political battle, but in terms of the actual legislation, it was quite simple. Polyamorous marriage, I think, 
is much more difficult than that. And mm-hmm. I think that hopefully, maybe if we start talking about these issues, we can it can actually end up challenging some of our assumptions about marriage as an institution in terms of yeah. what does it mean to be signing up to such a legal contract? Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that the idea of polyamorous marriage would actually, it would complicate the law so much that it yeah. might require yeah. us to, to think about something differently. And that's what I'd prefer to then just saying, let's just have polyamorous marriage. Because I don't think anyone actually knows what that could mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, exactly. Our institution is sort of built on two people. What is it about overthrowing the institution of marriage that scares the shit out of conservative people because what you're talking about is that gateway drug that people Mm. were really afraid about with saying well if you change this then you're going to change you know that argument of then you're going to change that and then it's not even a marriage anymore and then you've completely ruined the concept like listening to you now that makes sense jb and i my best friend have contracts about who gets to decide what's written on our gravestones yeah yeah (laughs) that's amazing and awesome and that makes sense to me and it's not very scary but something about that idea scares the shit out of conservative people why does that idea freak people out so much oh it's such a good question i mean i don't understand it for for a lot of people either i mean it makes no sense to me in many ways i mean i think that you have to look at the history of marriage and why it's so important to our society to really understand it and that you know you could do hours and that's hours. Another hours. Show. Yeah, that's another, that's another show. I'd be happy to come back and talk about that because yeah. I've done a bunch of you know research in this area mm, and yeah. in other areas. But there's something about the institution of a family that's really important to our society, and it's not actually just important to our society. It's important to our economy. It's important to our fun- the, you know the way that we think about the world, and that is what conservatives are really clinging on to. That's what freaks yeah. them out. That's what okay. really freaks them out. Yeah. It's not, and people want to say you know, and I think there was this big thing that I really hated during the same-sex marriage campaign. It's like we don't want to change things radically. The sky is not going to fall in. In some ways, I you know I don't want the, the sky to literally fall in but yeah. when it comes to these <laughs> sorts of institutions actually the sky falling in is probably something that we need because mm. we are still clinging on to institutions that are hundreds of years old for most people don't work any, anymore you know we yeah, have huge it. divorce rates in this in, the, in our current society that suggests to me that things aren't working maybe there are ways ways we can actually do things better i just know somewhere there's like a 76 year old white homophobic man <laughs> just going i told you so yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm wondering what <laughs> i'm wondering why they're listening to this show but you know that's your dad you know and, and when people you know and, uh, during the same-sex marriage campaign people a lot of people are like stop talking you know to me you know mm-hmm. stop talking about polyamory because they'll be like use that as, as don't you know, use it against you know, no. use it against you and I'm like well to me if that's a concern you have then it suggests to me that you have the wrong priorities yeah. and that what you're willing to do is throw other people under the bus to get what you want if we can't have a conversation that encompasses the range of consensual relationships that is what exactly what's happening you know of course I'm not going to advocate for non-consensual relationships but we should be happy to advocate for all consensual relationships that are happening and if you want to run a political campaign that says that we can't talk about that because it might jeopardize our campaign, mm-hmm. that suggests that there's a, something wrong with your model and that you need to be rethinking your model. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us, Simon. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, can... you for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, you can listen to Simon on his podcast, Queers, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, thanks for another fun episode, guys. Yeah, nice to have the whole crew great. back together. Yeah, and it's going to be all yes. of us again for a while now. No one's got any yeah, trips yeah. planned. No. Assuming Not everyone stays healthy. And I don't want to hear any fucking excuses. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> make it work. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you really again lovely. for coming to my comedy festival show, yeah. which is just yeah. finished when this airs, oh. so you won't be able to see it. It's my birthday tomorrow. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> happy birthday, yes. happy birthday, Kyle. Thank you. Birthday, Kyle. Yeah. Still believe that I'm the young one of the podcast. That's fine. <laughs> Are you? Mike no, I'm the youngest. What? Just treat me like just yeah, mentally the youngest. You fucking bitch. Don't forget, as always, please follow us on all of our socials. You know, join our Facebook group. Get in with it all. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Pass it on. That t-shirt. Tell Izzy yeah. for Falou about us. Izzy Falou. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's cancelled. Who's cancelled? Izzy Falou. Yeah. And you're not the youngest? <laughs> I thought I so much this week. And this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to see your boys. Yeah. See you Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.